Hi everyone and welcome to episode 191 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. Hello. Can't help but think that looks like a hell of a shirt, mate. It is good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I can only assume that you got Lockheed Jr. on the back of it. Well, there's only one World Cup winner I want on the back of my shirt. I was I'm, I was waiting for you to come up with the worst player. To, I was expecting you to say, even though he's French, Stefan Guivache. <laughs> now, um, to give this, I will give this a Simpsons title because there is one based on uh, Andrea Radvizani's Twitter likes. Gotcha. Can't win. Don't try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and it was a bit like that on a. Uh, uh, God, yesterday my brain is. Was that yesterday? Was that two days ago? It was two it was days two ago. Days wasn't ago. It? My brain is all over the shop. I have a really bad head cold. Uh, Leeds won Man City three. Uh, before we get into the individual things about the game, I did have basically one question about this, hmm. which is, should we feel like disappointed that we didn't really have a go? Or should we just be grateful that it wasn't six or seven? No, I'd, I'd, I'd have quite liked it to be six or seven. I literally had money on it. <laughs> um, no, it's... I don't know if it's disappointing that we didn't really lay a glove on them because that's just what they could do. I mean, up until the goal... Well, no. Up until Jack Grealish started getting into the penalty area, they didn't really have that many shots either. I mean, Erling Haaland had two one-on-ones before that. I said not that many. I didn't say say none. (laughs) He had one after 40 seconds. (laughs) Uh, that'd have been textbook, Jesse. Like, we're yeah. playing one of the big teams. We've rejigged the formation. We're losing after a minute. <laughs> Luke yeah, Ayling has been that... sent off. Grealish's misses were funny. Yeah. I know he ended up setting two up, but only one of them was actually out to do with him. The second one, we just gave him the ball. Uh, I suppose we came into this game, didn't we, saying, just make them be good. If they do good things and bit like you know the the second one on one where Melier makes the really good save from Haaland. Hmm. If they'd have scored that, I wouldn't have been annoyed in the slightest. It's a really good bit of play. You know, you've got Gundogan involved, gets it to De Bruyne. It's an outstanding through ball, great one from Haaland, gets away. If he scores that, fair enough, that's good football. But if you're playing Man City, you've made it to 45 minutes and you've just heard there will be one minute of time added on. Ball's on edge of a Man City box. We have probably slightly overcommitted. We've maybe got one one man too far forward. But we still have the defenders and Mark Locker. Ball falls to Gundogan and Rocker is six yards away from Gundogan. And for some reason, Rocker sprints forward four yards and Gundogan takes a touch straight past him. It looks like this amazing turn and it is a very good touch. But if Rocker's just sensible and stands still, he just wins the ball. Yeah. And the second that happens, all of a sudden, we are a man down in every situation. And Man City are Man City. So, yeah, they make they play every pass brilliantly and end up scoring. Melier makes a really good save and they score the rebound. And I, I did say, I'm only going to be annoyed if we do stupid things. And I thought, that was a stupid thing and I was a little bit annoyed. But luckily, I was then able to almost forget about it because of how fucking stupid the second goal is. <laughs> yeah. I, I was... 
I was less frustrated with Liam Cooper on the night. I think now watching it back, I do just wonder why didn't it go back to Melier? I did call it in real time that it was a horrific pass, but I still don't know which one of them was worse. I think it, I still think that Cox's lack of awareness might be slightly worse than Cooper's abysmal pass. I suppose but I'm not sure. Get, I suppose it depends if he gets a shout because if he's got that pass and then Cooper's got, oh god, Grealish. Well, that's another thing. That seemed to be a theme. I don't know if it's because Melier's been ill, but there was like two or three where he could have had it comfortably and players were hacking it away in front of him and things like that. Um, yeah. I basically, the way I phrased it in this, the literal brief notes I've written in the four minutes before we went live, for that second goal is, Cooper with an awful pass, Cox's lack of awareness might be worse. Two mistakes in literally two seconds. You can't, you can't do things like that. No. Yeah, Man City, yeah, Man City are brilliant, but any team in basically any league from what do you reckon, like the seven northern tier counties. Up, in that situation, if you do that, they'll score. You the left them two versus the goalkeeper. The Charles Rice. <laughs> Provided it isn't literal fat blokes on a field that they might have been able to catch up with. Physically mm. fit footballers of any any standard could score that goal. And we've just gifted it on the plate. And that's why I was frustrated. Because Man City absolutely deserved to be 2-0 up at that point. Like, that's not the problem. They battered us. Fine. Just don't make it so easy for them. Yeah, I mean, having been <laughs> lucky enough that Grealish has missed two very good chances. Melier's made some fantastic saves. That's That's... It's really disappointing when that's the guy. You know, if they tear us apart, you know, just pass their way through us and, and put away a nice finish, you kind of think, well, it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. I've, I've no problem with that. It's just for, just for gifts. Um, I mean, the third goal that they score, they did at least sort of be... They played well through the midfield. De Bruyne gets it, gives it to Haaland. Harlan gives it out to Grealish, who shock horror has about 12 yards of space on the left side. Gives it back to Harland. Decent strike. Mel when you watch it back, Melier gets quite a bit because he gets such a big hand on it, he'll probably feel like he should save it. But he hadn't got long to react, and Melier made like four really good saves and was probably our best player. Yeah, I think so. That's that's fine. I ain't gonna call it. I don't think he should necessarily save it, but I think he will think he should save it. I, uh, in watching it back just before we came on, I did notice that, that Sam Greenwood goes past Erling Haaland to get to Jack Grealish for Jack Grealish to pull it back and... Oh, instead of him going in and yeah, then like, shuffling he, across. He's already there and I assume it's Christensen, I think, is, is with Grealish. Mm. And uh, yeah, Sam Greenwood sort of bypasses Erling Haaland and thinks, no, I've got this. He did not got this. No. Um, like, I don't think so. It's sort of a weird one. Uh, we will just talk about our goal as well, because it doesn't take long, and it, it's the other side of Sam Greenwood. It's a fantastic corner. Yeah. Like, Good on someone who can, who can take set pieces. Yeah, like, it's a it's a perfect ball in. It's got great pace on it. It's great tight. It's perfect. And it's a really good header from Strauk. Nice to get one back. If Gellart's toe poke that went just wide would have managed to sneak in, 
even Man City, if you go 3-0 to 3-2 and there's five minutes left, even Man City would have started having a bit of a panic and you never know. But we wouldn't have deserved anything. Man City were miles better. I haven't got it written down, but I believe the XG was something like 0.6 to 4.4. Like, they really... Yeah, I mean, that goal is literally our, our only shot on target. Yeah. Um, um, I think, did Greenwood curl one that was... Like, I think it was always going wide, but... Yeah, um, he had two free kicks. One hit the top of the wall, one went... One was well struck, but off target. And Nonto had that sort of... Where he hit that bouncing ball had quite a long way over at end at first half. And that was about it. Yeah. It was um no it wasn't it wasn't great, but um it could have been far worse. I, I ultimately I don't think second goal included in this, I don't think we've particularly embarrassed ourselves. No, I wouldn't it's a weird thing saying it when you think about all the chances we had. But I don't think we were bad. I just think we weren't good either. We were just it's that we were really, really not good. We weren't great. We just were okay. But when you're just okay and your game plan is what ours was, and they ju- the worst thing about it wasn't not creating chances. It wasn't that we lost. It wasn't that they scored goals. It was that every time we got the ball, we absolutely shit ourselves. Like, yeah. we just get the ball and they just panic and either just hoof it or just make silly decisions. And I mean, I'm quite a big fan of his, but in the first, it wasn't great in the second half, but in the first half, Mark Locker, every time he got the ball, he made the wrong decision, apart from like twice. And there was one that really summed up his day where the ball actually broke on like 30 yards out for like 30 yards from our own goal. Rocker had the ball, a player chasing him down, and he didn't just have one man to his right running into space, he had two. And we had a real chance to sort of break away. And it's on his left foot to play that pass. And for some reason, he sort of scoops it aimlessly 30 yards forward with his right foot back to Man City. And that's the sort, that's his strength. And for some reason, he just he just had one of them days. Yeah. Like before before the uh, before the second well, it, no, it was before the first big Grealish chance, the one from the cross. Um, like the ball is dropping to Rocker, it's like waist high, and if you just stand still, he can volley it because it's dropping. And instead, he sprints forward and ducks and heads the ball at waist height straight back to Man City, who then get a big chance out of it. And it was easier to volley it. It was just like any time the ball. I know it's hard to keep to like do something good with the ball when you're only going to have twenty percent of it. But if anything, that's when it's more crucial to not just give them it back. Yeah, and we, and, and we did nothing but give them it back. Yeah, and I think the frustrating thing was that we quite often did it in our own half as well. It wasn't... I could understand, especially once you'd seen that they were playing three at the back and, and we basically went man for man with them. If we were looking to sort of try and play a long ball into the gap for like Nonto or Rodrigo to run onto or something like that, and they were picking it up in, you know, on the edge of their area or something like that. But it was it was daft stuff, like you say, when Rocker broke forward and had two men six, seven yards to his right, and they were the simple pass, and it was it was mistakes like that. I thought I thought Strauch was 
very similar in possession. I think he he really struggled at times. Um, just when you're watching, and I, I think he had a very nervy game from the off when that Harlan chance is Melier gets the the touch on it, doesn't it? When yeah. Harlan first goes through, Strout just sort of crosses it back across straight back to Harland as opposed to putting his foot through it. Yeah, and um, the, the other one uh, after the good save from the one on one where he's got he can he's clearing it and for some reason instead of putting it out sideways for a throw in he puts it out for the corner. Yeah. Um I think there's a point when he goes to volley one forward and slices it straight up in the air. He just didn't look comfortable with the ball all day and I don't. I don't know whether that was the pressure of the game or, or or the opposition or what it was, but it wasn't anything I've really seen from him before this season. Like, I, 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 I don't think he was ever quite the ball player that Bielsa had him down to be, but he's certainly a lot better than that. Yeah, I think I think it was a team wide thing. To be honest, that's why I didn't particularly worry about that so much. But yeah, he did have a few of them, but they, they all did. They just panicked and panicked. I have to admit, like, I I can sort of understand the playing Aronson centre forward thing. In the same way I could sort of understand playing Dan James there, even if I didn't like it very much. But I really didn't think it was in any way effective at all in this game. I think all it meant was that he was there to run around a bit. But shifting Rodrigo off to the right slightly, I just seemed to make him not be involved whatsoever, either off the ball or on it. No, it smacked of uh, it smacked of putting your weakest player out of us on the wing just to sort of get them out of the way. Like, a, I think by half time I was looking and just thinking, and I know we we still play a fairly central system, you know, in this four three three. Oh God, it, there was some bits. I mean, there was a couple of bits where because we were in the East Stand Upper, you you've got. Almost a football manager, like top top down view. Yeah, there was some bits where you where we were looking, at, and I kept saying out loud, "Look at how look at that front six. Look at them. They're within fifteen yards of each other. There is no one." I, I, I just look, I, kind of looking at the bench. I just thought, well, I know there's not a record. I know you wouldn't have a striker at, at all in that, but would you not have been better playing Somerville or Harrison? You know, just. So you've got three players who are a bit quicker, a bit livelier. Um, well, by, by the sounds of the post-match stuff, neither of them were 100% fit, and that's the reason why. And he mm. was also saying the same for Click, because they've all had that bug going through them all, which I do wonder, seeing as absolutely... Seeing as half the people I know have got it, if it's this one. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it, it, I do feel like shit, it has to be said. Um the, I, I, that, I wonder how much of that is going to change for the Newcastle game. Because I, I still, as much as, I, do, I mean, Rocker had a stinker, it happens, move on. I don't think either of Greenwood or Forshaw did out particularly wrong. I just was looking at that midfield and going, how are they meant to cope with this? No, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to it, but I... I feel like Greenwood was kind of the odd man out there. Like I know Rocker didn't have a good game, but I he think... had an awful. He had an awful game. <laughs> but I, I think I felt like the role in that game didn't suit uh, Sam Greenwood. No, 
I was surprised, and I, I actually put it on Twitter before the match even started, and I, I know I said it to you, that I uh, I was surprised that at no point did Aronson switch with Greenwood. And mm. maybe Rodrigo into middle and Greenwood off the right or something. But I just thought our midfield was in desperate need of legs with no Adams. And I just thought we might just drop Aronson in there and play him as... He can play in a midfield three. I mean, we've played him in the double pivot at some points. He could yeah. definitely have played as one of the out, one of the outside midfielders in a three. And I, do, I don't think it would have made any difference, but I do think it would have been worth a shot. Um, the only other positive, obviously, I've said Melier because he had a really good game. Um, although he made a few wrong decisions off the ball, like just running away instead of tracking his man and stuff like that, I thought Nanto looked good again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite nice to see us having a couple of players in the squad now who are, who are going to be quite direct when they're on the ball. Um, I, I, th- I think when you look at the the narrow system I, so far this season, I know he started off well. But ultimately, I don't think it's really worked for Jack Harrison that well. Whereas in the times that I've seen them, I, I feel like Nonto and and Somerville are quite enjoying that at the moment. Again, I'd love to see whether it kind of works long-term for Sinistera once he's back. Yeah. Because, um, again, that, that's three, four great options then for playing those kind of, let's call them wide tens. Got got lots of good wingers. Do you play wingers? Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, why did we keep Jack Harrison, really? Like, I well, love the man. and I want him to stay. I don't think he works in this system at all. <laughs> no, it is. It, I, I do keep getting this feeling that, like, back end of January, we're going to sell him to Newcastle for about 20 million and think, hang on, if we'd have sold him to Newcastle at the start of the season, it'd be 15. Yeah, like, it, it seems a, a really odd one. Um, I hope not, by the way, because I'm like you. I, I, I like Jack Harrison. I think he's. And I still, there's still this voice in my head, but even though he's not a left back, that thinks. Given our options, uh, we should actually because it, we thought we'd broke the podcast curse last week by seeing all those Radrizani quotes just <laughs> no. like just before we went live. But no, about twenty minutes after we finished, uh, Fabrizio Romano tweets out in uh, Maximilian Verber, uh, who is really a left centre back, but has been playing left back by the sounds of it pretty much all season. Um. I am starting to think that Victor Arta has run out of his Y Scout subscription, but if he leaves it on the Red Bull Salzburg page, it won't kick him out. So he can just look at Red Bull Salzburg players for free. So, yeah, another Salzburg player in Roba. I remember him a little bit from when he was at Ajax because I keep an eye on them, but I, I haven't seen enough, really. People who know more than me tend to think that he will be an all-right signing. Sorry, I've just come on his Wikipedia page. It just says he is an Australian, uh, an Austrian professional football player who plays a centre back for Leeds United. Well, yeah, they'll have just chipped. You know, you know, we got there. Anyway. We got there quickly. Yeah. Um, I am assuming we are signing him to play left back, and as I said on the last podcast, any left back, and I will be happier than I am now. So I guess this signing will make me happier than I am now, but I still don't get why we aren't signing someone who is an out-and-out left-back. No. Especially when... Like, left-footed centre-back is, like, the one thing... 
We have Strauch, who should be that position if, if everything went perfectly for 10 years. Cooper is long-term, right? yeah, he's getting on a bit, but still fine to be in the squad. And Leo Yelder, everyone seems to really like, and every time he plays, he seems to look good. Whether he's playing left centre-back or left-back. Left-footed centre-back is the one thing that we have got. So we're signing one. It's like fucking 14-year-old you on FM with, like, nine strikers in your squad. <laughs> At least I played two up front. Yeah. Well, maybe we should start playing three centre-backs and have a left-footed one in the middle and a left-footed one wide, which I've been saying for ages. He was, uh, I was being captain for them for some games this season as well. Yeah. Um, because uh, if you've got his wiki open, because he's, he's only like 24, isn't he? He's still fairly young. He's, he will, well, he's ageing. He's 20, 25 in February. Oh, yeah. So, so he's knocking on a bit. Um, 13 caps for, for Austria. Um, just looking at, I'm on transfer marks. He has played the vast majority of games as left back for them. Right, well, is it certainly sounds like he's more of a left back than Strauch is. We are aiming high. Yeah. Um, as I say, we'll wait and see. The fact that they're already leaking this and stuff makes me think that if it is happening, it's hopefully happening quite soon. Because the one thing that I really wanted us to do was to make sure that if we sign someone for left back, I wanted him in on the 1st of January. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. I, I'm, just, I'm not going to lie. I missed the mute button there. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. I saw you like fiddling, your arm was fiddling with it. I was like, go to the red button. Not the red button. <laughs> but no, um, I hope that he's just in straight away. Because while you, um, you'd be very, very surprised if he was ready for, say, West Ham. Like you'd, you'd quite like him to be playing by the Cardiff game. Yeah, it's uh, we need to we need to get strike at centre back as quick as I can as quick as we can. I think, and I, I mean, I still think we need to sign like an eighteen-year-old left back and a twenty-year-old oh. left back as well. Oh, we we definitely need one for the twenty-ones as well because Yelda. Should I be playing in the 21s as a centre-back, probably? Or be in the first-team squad all out on loan? So we do need another one. I'm sure. we'll, we'll see. Uh, obviously, <laughs> there's been a lot of things on Twitter about how we should have kept Leif Davis because he's been in very good form for Ipswich. That's League One, so it's hard to tell. But seeing as we have literally no one else, yeah? <laughs> yeah, in, in, in the face of having no backup left-backs, absolutely. Yeah. But it was, it was in fairness, it, it would not have, it, it's a weird sentence to say, in fairness, it wouldn't have been fair. That's terrible English. It wouldn't have been fair to Leif Davis to keep him around, to stick him in the 21s at left back. But, like, it would have been better for Leeds. Um, <laughs> no, that's what we kept Alfie McCalmont around for. Yeah, that's such a weird thing. Um, yeah. Right, so, tomorrow, which I keep forgetting is New Year's Eve because no one's going out. No. <laughs> People have had children, and now everyone is staying in. And I'm one of those people. Uh, I'm not one of those people. 
it's a bit I'm weird. Still it's, staying in. It's a bit weird that we finally get a Saturday three o'clock, and it doesn't feel like a Saturday three o'clock in any way. No. Um, no, it does, so, doesn't really count. No. So Newcastle away. Uh, the last, basically, every time that we've previewed Newcastle home or away, we've been talking about how this is a game we really should win because they're shit. And that was not unfair to Newcastle. They were shit with a shit manager and a shit owner. And they were awful. And yeah, they won at Ellen Road. But let's be right, we were miles the better side. And they just scored a free kick where Melier dropped a bit of a bollock. And since then, I think both, I think they played 34, we've played 33. We've got 31 points and they've got 70 since that game. Yeah, they're very good under Newcastle now. Yeah, they are a really, really good side now. And there is obviously one major difference. They have been bought by people with more money than God and can but it's not just that. It would be as much as it's quite reasonable to be unfair to them given who their ownership is, Eddie Howe has done a great job. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like Eddie Howe did a did a very good job with Bournemouth and I think got them to a certain level. So I think I think people rightly so looked at him taking the Newcastle job thinking, well, it doesn't seem like a, a particularly big step forward. Well, it did from Steve Bruce, but, um, you know, it didn't seem like the biggest step forward in, in terms of management, but it's it's very impressive. See, Jack found the, the mute button there. Um, it, it's very impressive, not, not only the, the talented players that they've been able to bring in, but Miguel Almiron is now playing the best football he's played for them and is finally kind of getting a starring role there. Joel Linton, I never looked at and thought, I'll tell you what, I bet if you put him in the middle of midfield, that'll really bring the best out of him. Yeah, and the other thing is, because he then got that confidence from playing at middle of midfield, now, that against Leicester, he played on the left wing and he was outstanding. Yeah. It's almost, a bit, I mean, the... I suppose it's weird because you do see it that often, but he they paid 40 million quid for him, didn't they? So you kept thinking, well, he must be like some good. There must be some talent there. And I think that he, he must have just lost every bit of confidence that he had. And now he's got it back. Yeah. But he's, um, he's been excellent. No, you just looking at what Newcastle have, have been like since pretty much. Like what, February? Oh, the calendar year. It is basically since the takeover. And there's a lot to be said for just the atmosphere around the club. Now, as much as if they'd have bought Leeds, I wouldn't have been jumping for joy happy as much as it would have been helped on the pitch. They were, because I'm pretty sure that that amount of years of Mike Ashley can probably just. You're so desperate for anything. And when you get something that is guaranteed, it's pretty much a guarantee they are going to be one of the forces in English football for the next decade. It, it provided they don't, because no one's going to bring in any rule to curb spending about because they've tried. It's not going to happen. Yeah. They, that first game after the takeover, you've never heard a stadium sound. So it sounded like St. James's Park in 1997. Actually, no, 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 98 is Root Hullet, so 97's fine. 
Go 96 just to play it safe. Yeah, Ke- just be- Keegan's... Just before let's... it all collapsed. Yeah, we'll say Ke- Keegan's Newcastle. <laughs> um, but the, just the atmosphere, everything about it completely changed immediately. So, yeah, obviously they have spent some money. And when you look at it, when you look at the starting eleven, there is a lot of changes, but it's not like they've suddenly bought... I mean, like, Sean... They played really well and won 3-0 at Leicester in the last game. And, like, Sean Longstaff was still in that midfield. Willock, they had... Although it was on... They had him before. Almiron on the wing, they had him. Joe Linton played left, they had him. Chris Wood was playing up front, who they had. Bruno Guimaraes might be one of the best... Like, in terms of first signings of a new ownership group, that's pretty special. Trippier's been excellent. Fabian Schauer was there. Sven Botman, they've now got another defender alongside him, which helps because the other defender was always letting him down. Dan Byrne at left-back, who I still can't believe has turned into such a good footballer considering how shite he was when he was at Birmingham. And uh, the main beneficiaries, other than us, of Burnley going down, them getting Nick Pope for not a particularly large amount of money. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm assuming that that will be the team again because they were that they played that well. Why would you change it? The only thing they might do is put Joe Linton in centre mid ahead of one of Willock or Longstaff and put some Maximan on the wing. Oh God, I kill for some of these options. Yeah, that that is the other thing with them as well that even though a lot of them are the same players, a lot of those players are now squad players when they were key men before. Yeah. It's just, it's just they have they have levelled up and there's no there's no way you notice it more than if you're like us and you've stood still. Um, Callum Wilson might have recovered from his illness by all accounts, but because Chris Wood had such a good game, they're not expecting him to start. But Callum Wilson for the last 25 minutes would be terrifying anyway. Alexander Isaac's still out. Um, theirs is a pretty much straight 4 3 3, so I'm assuming we will be as well. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't see it being too dissimilar. Obviously, um, it was the it did have the press conference. Was that today or was that yesterday? Uh, the press conference, I actually think, is going on now on YouTube. Uh, I believe it will have been recorded straight after the Man City game, but uh, it'll have been under embargo till now. Yeah. That's normally the way they do it. I'll check Phil Hayes' Twitter. There's nothing I, I there. I'm already there. Um, yeah, because I don't know if he'll have been... No, there is There like, is nothing up. Yeah, when he, was ta- when he was talking after the game, he made it sound like a lot of the players who were on the bench, the likes of Somerville and stuff, will be more ready to start for this game. So whether uh, well, I, I think that we'll probably see some changes. Oh no, it was four hours ago the press conference. I just haven't watched oh. it. Oh, have I just not scrolled back far enough? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I've just checked the YouTube channel four hours ago. Only three point six thousand views. So I think nobody knew. <laughs> There's normally a lot more than that. Um, yeah. Um... What, how how many sort of changes are you expecting? Probably not many. The weird thing is, I've, I don't know if I'd like actually like the idea of us going into a game not starting a striker. But I don't know if like I, I think Rodrigo does start, but it 
if someone, I suppose my two players that I would probably have dropping out after after the Man City game would be him and, and Sam Greenwood. I'd probably have Adams and... Well, I mean, Adams will definitely come back in, that's... Yeah, and... Unless he's got injured or something. <laughs> like Somerville? I would probably... I'm trying what I'd do. I would probably still... As much as Rocker was awful, I'd leave him in. Adams. I would quite like to see a midfield three of Adams, Rocker, Allenson. I think that's that, that is the midfield that will probably make the most sense in this system. And then yeah. Rodrigo up front, Somerville yeah. and, and Nonto wide. Um, for this, if he's fit, as much as Nonto did really well in that game, I would be tempted to bring Harrison back in for this one. It's, it's probably a lot going from making a couple of sub appearances for the last 10 minutes to two games in three days. Yeah, I think I'd probably have, go some some of the right Harrison left if they're both fit enough and move Rodrigo back to being up front. There is an argument for Gelhart with how quiet Rodrigo was in the last one. I'd be absolutely fine with that uh, if they decided to do it. Uh, at the back, I can't really see us changing anything. See again, this this is the game where if 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 you're looking at bringing Harrison back in, put him on the left because I think I'd rather him dealing with Trippier than Nonto or Somerville. That's one of the other reasons for doing it. I think that it would be it's a little he's a lot he's more disciplined. Yeah, and, and again, one of those things that you've you've really got to praise, like it, when Trippier first. When we moved to Newcastle, you're there thinking like, oh, well, you know, he's they've got the money now. He'll be getting a shed load of cash for this, but, you know, will his heart be in it? And it turns out absolutely it is. <laughs> like he is, he's played some of the best football of his career. You know, he's, uh, or before the, the last set of games that he was like the third highest point scorer in, in the fantasy leagues behind Kane and Haaland. Yeah, he's having a decent. He's having a decent season. Uh, I just, uh, I've just seen something, but I'm, I'm just going to assume it's right. I'm not going to fact check it. Do you know what Leeds' last game on New Year's Eve was? Oh, New Year's Eve. Is it a recent one? Depend in the grand scheme of things, yes, but it's not that recent. No, I'm struggling because I keep thinking of. When we beat Man United three one, but that was Christmas Eve, if I remember right. Yes, yeah. Um, the yeah. only Premier League game that's ever been on Christmas Eve, as it always comes up. Uh, no, go on. Saturday, yeah, Saturday thirty first December two thousand and eleven. Leeds as one goal was Becky O in the ninety first minute. Unfortunately, at that point, we were four 0 down at Barnsley. Uh, oh, God. A hat-trick for Ricardo Vazte. Oof. Who had come on did a sub. Get, sorry, did he get a move to West Ham shortly after this? Uh, what year was your second year of university? Because that's the year that they got promoted, that West Ham got promoted in the playoff final because Ricardo Vazte. Uh, 2009. Ah, so this is but, after West Ham then. But yeah, Vazte. I... Yeah, I have no memory of this game whatsoever. But 
Yeah, I'm just trying to look to see if he went anywhere after. Um, but from from looking at this team, oh no, so, no, can... he went to he did go to West Ham afterwards, but that's twenty. He went in 2012. In 2011, he was at Hibs. Then he got the move to Barnsley. Ten in twelve, uh, ten in 22. Sorry, that would have been and brilliant record. Three of them against us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, moved to West Ham. 15 in 51, which is. Oh, and I, I, I only remember that goal because I was it was against Blackpool, wasn't it, in the playoff final? I think, and I was like, but I was actively cheering for West Ham to not get promoted because I just didn't want them to because they had the biggest budget and should get promoted. So I was like, really not wanting them to. And they, Ricardo Fazadier scores, they get promoted, and I log into my betting account and realise that they were the last thing I needed for my preseason accumulator, and I'd won like three hundred quid, yeah. and I'd just spent the whole game cheering against them. <laughs> so because I'd forgot. Um, yeah, so we've said the changes that we think. Um... Sorry, no, just to, just to round off this Ricardo Vazdey thing. He signed for them clearly midway through the season in the Championship. Ten goals in 15 games. Yeah. <laughs> then they got promoted and it was a bit of a struggle after that, but a solid run of form, that. Get him in, we need a striker. He's only 36. Yeah, could end up being a great signing if you can manage to get him in the weird lower leagues on FM. <laughs> uh, do you hold out any hope for this one? No, because they're really good going forward and they're excellent defensively. <laughs> Again, like yeah, I never thought Dan Bird would be an excellent signing for them. No, I say it. Every, I say it every time we play against him. I can't unsee. That lad playing for Birmingham, who was one of the worst footballers I've ever seen in a, at a professional level, it looked like a competition winner. But he is consistently very good. Now, it just that was obviously a very bad day in a bad season because I saw him a few times. Mm. But I mean, he was really good for Brighton as well. Yeah. Like he's he's been consistently very good. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you just look at the options they have around there as well. So, I mean. I'll, I'll be disappointed if we don't have more of a go at them than than we did at Man City. Like I'm just looking here at the stats from. Oh, we we have to have a bit of a go. In, we, you know, Man City are a special case because they are ridiculous. Mm. But like, as much here, as we like... as, as much as we're back to the wall, we did have a go at Chelsea. We did have a go at Liverpool. We did have a go at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, they're against... probably his three best performances of the season. Against Leicester, they only had 39% possession. You know, so the, the, they will allow you to have the ball. So it just it just means that we've actually got to be a bit creative and do try, actually try and do something with it. Um, and actually connect some passes, which would be quite nice. Yeah. I think um, we really ought that we can pass the ball about a bit better. We, we have to keep the ball better than we did in the Man City game because they've got enough quality now. It's not like the shit version that we had for the last couple of years. If you give them the ball, they'll punish you. Yeah, like it's <sighs> Strauch against Almiron. I, I'm I'm not particularly worried about that in particular. I mean, Almiron's playing well, so he will cause trouble for mm. any fullback. But the thing with, I suppose the one the one thing that in theory is better for Leeds is most of Almiron's day nearly all of Almiron's danger is in coming in field 
and the thing that we plays really... right into our hands. But I suppose the problem is that if he comes in field by 15 yards, he will still be five yards free at the back because <laughs> we'll be 20 yards in field. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. He's fallen into the trap. Oh, he's gone back out wide. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I'm not holding out much help. I, I think we'll be, I think we'll be more competitive. But I, I, yeah, I don't see us getting anything from this. Oh, I've even found my bet already. Um, <laughs> right, uh, have you got a score prediction? I have one ready. If you want, there uh, you go. Uh, much like the Man City game, I think we'll score, but I've gone for 3 1 Newcastle. Um, I'll go with 2 0 Newcastle. Uh, as you would expect, we both um, we both got two points, we didn't get the correct score, but we had them winning, and neither of us won our bet. Uh, weirdly, but I, I actually thought when I came home that it would have only been Christensen not getting a yellow that let me down. Because Haaland did have three shots on target. But Man City only ended up having five corners. And mm. needed seven. But it felt like more in the ground when I wasn't tracking it. I've, uh, I've got a bet here. I'm going to go okay, with... While, while I've got the document open, mate. What you're uh, Newcastle to win. Newcastle most shots on target. Newcastle most corners. And Leeds most cards at three to one. Leads most cards three to one. Mm-hmm. Well, and mine weirdly is also three to one. Uh, mine. Oh no, I'm lying. Sorry, mine is four to one. Mark Locker three or more fouls. Yeah, uh, given the way he plays, I think that's pretty good value. That bet. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like a nailed on bet, but I don't think that's four to one. He's, he's got three yellow cards this season. Which is so much fewer than we expected given pre-season. You're watching him pre-season <laughs> go, that man loves a booking. In fairness, uh, did he, he didn't get one he didn't get one last night and he absolutely should have. Like, yeah, he got away with the and, Adam Forshaw. Forshaw should have probably got booked for the first one on that week, oh Lewis, and then did it again and didn't get booked either. I think but it was play- I think it was Rico Lewis he ran past as well, just grabbed his shirt and hauled him down just for no reason. Yeah. It's annoying, isn't it? He looks good. <laughs> Rico Lewis. Yeah. 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 Oh look. Playing good. right back playing right back, just inverted into the middle of midfield and just looked really good <laughs> straight away. Yeah, just just uh throwing the kids in there. Turns out the kids are really good as well. Yeah. Not Cole well, Palmer um, though, that bastard. Yeah, cheating bastard. I hate him now. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, Cole Palmer came on, and there was like a soft free kick or something. Wasn't there? there was no to it. It was just a little push in the back in the corner, yeah. wasn't there? And we just and we just decided to treat him as if he was Grealish. You go, look at him. He's like, I've always said he's a cheat for years. <laughs> um, now the uh, yeah, we've had one game where we got totally outclassed. This one is not like the Man City game. Don't get me wrong, Newcastle are better than us. I expect us to get beat. All things being equal, but this isn't like Man City. This one, there is a chance. We have to play well. Newcastle probably have to have a bit of an off day, but it's possible. The Man City one, I just didn't see how it was possible. This one, there's a chance if you put in a good performance. 
I do wonder how much them having two extra days rest is going to make a difference. Especially when we played Man City. And because If you don't have the ball for 90 minutes, you do not but run. Yeah. There's a voice that sounds like it's back and to the left of me in the stand saying, <laughs> except fucking Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not gone anywhere, has he? Mm. Yeah. He's convinced that Rodrigo is just like the laziest football in the world. And like, he isn't one that tears us after everything. You know, he's not court case Lee Boyer, but <laughs> like, I don't think it's lazy. I think that's just the type of player he is. <laughs> right. Um, if we, uh, I'm going to say, sure, I will quickly just have one last, last look at Twitter before I end it because we were that close last time. No, there is nothing there. Cool. So uh, I think that'll do us unless you vote to add, Casey? Uh, no. No, I've had a thing. Right. No. Right, nice one. Um, so, yeah, Saturday 3 o'clock. Hopefully we can put in a... If we put in a decent performance, there's a chance of at least getting something out of it. Uh, I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.